so Dave, I guess for for legality <laughs> purposes, is it okay that I'm recording this? What if I throw in uh, the Van Halen song at the top of the episode? Then can I record uh, this? Oh yes, definitely. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be uh, the one who did that, but I forgot. So um, if you do it, then yeah, you get you have my sign off. I can do. It. I can drag it right from the from YouTube into the into the session, and we'll just. Have I mean, it. <laughs> it feels mandatory. Look, why wasn't it in the movie? It has to be a licensing Wait. issue, but it's insane to me that you would name this movie that, and then it's nowhere. Oh. You don't hear one second of it. That didn't even click with me. It's not there. I waited. I watched the entire credits thinking there'd be like maybe a mid-credit like mid sequence or like when the orchestral dun, thing runs dun, dun. out at some point in the scroll, they'd start that song. I Nothing. mean, that's the song that should have kicked in at the start. Like... It's, That's the song that should have been playing during Lawrence Fishburne's like yes, whole like yes. uh, sex and cocaine montage. Yes, exactly. I what a weird. <laughs> why even bother? <laughs> like calling it that, you know? <laughs> like if, if you're not going to the real like, wouldn't it be so weird though if it was like. The, it was a Van Halen song, but it was like something off of like Diver Down or something yeah, like, right. that they could afford. Or it was like Panama. Yeah, like, um, An unrelated Van Halen song. Yeah. Maybe maybe one of their late 80s uh, Hagar uh, oh. down, down swings. Uh, that would probably be more in keeping with the, uh, the, the spirit of this movie, yeah. just in terms of like budgetary and... Uh, just that it kind of is boring and sucks which is weird because you have Lawrence Fishburne and Nicolas Cage in a movie this is what you get <laughs> this is it this is what you did with it this is a weird one though we i don't think we've we haven't uh we haven't seen a movie like this not in a good or really bad way like this is my, i usually take a lot of notes and my notes are two and a half pages I took extensive notes for some reason on this movie. Oh, good. I don't know why. I mean, it's nothing plot-wise. So if you need questions about who someone is or what happened, I probably can't answer that. But uh, I that's wrote like down all a lot I did. Of, <laughs> I wrote down a lot of random notes because it reminded... I was weirdly getting reminded of other movies mm, yes. in my watching of this. Uh, and yeah. so... That I mean, that is the 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 overwhelming experience of this right. movie. I, I, like, if if I was going to describe the experience, it was like, yeah, you're reminded of better movies. Yeah, it's really constantly, weird. Uh, and and not even movies that are that good, just good, better than no. this. Like, yeah, <laughs> just other movies that are similar to this one, but a little bit better. Uh, yeah, um, it's super yeah. weird. All right, so well, uh, to officially introduce it. We are talking about uh, 2019's Running with the Devil. We're not even at the countdown yet. It's another <laughs> 30 seconds. Hold on. Running with the, 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 the devil. <laughs> this is what uh, on, we can we can be in the same room again soon i mean now but we're, yeah. we're just busy <laughs> but like um yeah, and then it it'll still be just as awkward but uh well, it was awkward before it was just funnier because we were in the same room together so you I, weren't I know. like waiting you weren't like constantly I, like on a <laughs> lag and waiting 
we could see the countdown on each other's phones. Right, that's true. Yo, you know what we should do sometime? Next time we mm. do a Zoom call, or I don't know, this could be the next time we do it, or if we get together again, it could be in a year. But next time we have mm. to do it over Zoom, we should try to line it up so that both of our phones mm. go into each of our mics, and then yes. we, I can combine them, and it's probably a really trippy effect. Or maybe yeah. it just phase cancels itself out. We don't hear anything. <laughs> the sound the sound of silence when you, when you combine the panther roars. <laughs> Perfect stillness. <laughs> That's a joke for all you audiophiles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, running with the devil. Um, yeah, well, yeah. first most egregious note, how can you not have the Van Halen song in there? How like can that, it ha- was, that was both of our first notes, like at the yeah, top I, of the page. <laughs> I mean, also just you call it that and that, it, it, that title doesn't really, it, it ties into the plot in the most small way like you didn't have to i i don't know and it's i just the more i think about it the more frustrated i am <laughs> well it just it's it's a good title for a song like it's a good title which is why they used van halen used it but because it's so it, it would be like calling it sympathy with the devil and not including that <laughs> t- you know and in, in that like that's really annoying that it's not in there and also just like it makes it so unmemorable as a movie because that uh, that name already takes up space in my head you know it's not right like it's, culturally that phrase already means it's something taken else. It, it, yeah. it's taken by a song that has more uh to it in like three and a half minutes than this does in like two hours so hey do you want to read my screenplay magical mystery tour (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I made a a drug movie called the white album (laughs) Uh, so okay besides that uh the other things that i noticed off the bat is this is a saturn production yeah i noted that too once again, um, and it's also it's a co-production with another company that yes, we've seen this before, right? It looks slightly familiar, but it really stood out to me as being notable this time, just because of the like what the fuck nature of the of the stinger. But it's <laughs> it's a group called Patriot Pictures, and yeah, uh, it, well, the, it, yeah, and the stinger has has like uh, some like a little. Uh, it, somebody with like a drum and a fife like uh like, like, a, like revolutionary a revolutionary war, war like, like yeah <laughs> which it's uh yeah okay i wonder hold on I'm, I'm looking this up like at least what their track record is uh patriot pictures oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh their next movie um has andrew dice clay in it (laughs) wow um and it's called god is a bullet what the fuck this is crazy the uh, (laughs) okay the the about section it's a it's an award-winning film finance and production house that's uh, that's not interesting but um the uh the section that says our team is called Patriots. It says, meet the Patriots. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of CEOs and like consultants and shit. 
well, this is, this is not good podcasting material, but that, but, I'm, this, but now I'm look curious. At this guy. Wow, look at that guy! Whoa, <laughs> look at these people. The, it, that's like the whitest roster I've ever seen. Too, it almost <laughs> looks like you know. Uh, you've just seen the photo where the AI tried to create human faces, uh, but there's but there's inconsistencies. At first, they just look like people, but if you look at the photos closer then you start to notice like really weird like asymmetrical inconsistencies in all their faces. Well, anyway, that's what that that's what those headshots look like on that. Page. I, I mean chairman and CEO Michael Mendelssohn, yes, <laughs> definitely looks like he got deep dreamed into existence. <laughs> okay, honestly Sorry to tangent already, but th- this no. this goes back to what we've been talking tangent about. Tangent all you want. I have nothing to say. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, this goes back to what we were talking about there being um, a lot of the movies we're watching recently seem to be written by yes. AI, just in the way that the pacing and plotting and, and like uh, tone of the movie unfolds. It just seems very uh, alien in a way of something not human trying to approximate what a human would write. Um, yeah. So what if Patriot Pictures is actually pumping these movies out, but it is just an AI? Like, it became sentient. It's a computer program that became sentient and started a production company and Ooh. is making these movies. I think somebody in, like, West Hollywood, like, created it, and all the data that it's getting is just from people there. It's just, like, it's, like, what does what is humanity? Oh, we make movies. Why? Because we do. I mean that would make sense because okay I knew I'd seen this before it this this is behind not one but two of the movies that uh we've watched for this podcast uh USS Indianapolis Men of Courage and uh Tokarev what was the, did that have a Oh yeah what wait what was the English we 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 talked about what we talked about this one on that episode where it had the Russian title it was uh, Rage. Rage Rage that was it yeah again just yeah. Ge- uh, such a generic just, name I never would have I never would have remembered that thank you uh, Oh I I the thing I remember is that the director's name is Paco Cabezas <laughs> <laughs> Our guy Paco But, but I don't I don't remember this movie. I know we watched it, but I <laughs> reformed criminal Paul McGuire is a businessman in the construction business and his daughter. Yeah, is that, go- that's that's the one where his daughter goes missing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like taken. <laughs> it's like sub taken. Right. But but we already had stolen. How do we have another taken ripoff? You know, let's just try to remember that movie instead of talking about this movie. I I literally cannot. We can sit here for an hour, and I will not remember mm-hmm. a single thing about that movie except the director's name. Bro, th- but this whole lineup of movies is very, very, like, AI. <laughs> like, okay, there's a, there's a whole series of um, Magic Mike ripoffs, but it's with... Uh, uh, it looks like mostly black actors and it's called chocolate city (laughs) and (laughs) chocolate city, chocolate city Two Vegas and chocolate city three live tour. (laughs) Dude, should we Um, start a chocolate? Should we start a, uh, (laughs) should we watch all the chocolate cities? (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like a plan. We'll put it behind a paywall (laughs) for the patrons. Join our Patreon and you can hear us listen and you can uh, listen to us talk about all the chocolate city movies. See, now this is fascinating to me because um, we're getting, uh, we're like just dipping into 
um, this world that seems to be just uh, overpopulated with films, but that like you and I and anyone else who we actually know is not watching that are like uh, headed by former A-list actors but are just like so weirdly like like we're we're getting into this because of caged obviously but like patriot pictures also put out a movie with john travolta called i am wrath with him like <laughs> holding holding a gun this is not also john travolta hasn't looked this way in like 20 years 30 oh, yeah. years there's, there's no, no way that way. that is an actual photo of john travolta no in any he way. looks like a plastic <laughs> ghoul now but also the hangman with al pacino which oh i remember i remember when that came out well no you remember that because it was directed by one of these other guys who did one of these other terrible movies that we've watched oh is that the connection okay. i think so hold on i'm sorry to everyone that i'm just like doing all my research right now on <laughs> on mike it's certainly more interesting than talking about running with the devil it is that is for sure uh, directed by johnny martin i swear to god no you're See, right that name sounds so what that the oh man hold on what was it up. yes i am yeah vengeance a love story oh wow so god uh, he. This is this is the guy who did stunts on Titanic and a bunch of other movies, and then was like, "I'm going to direct." Um, so yeah, this whole this whole world just fascinates me because and and I mean the movie that we just watched, like oh well, I have to also mention there's uh, a movie by uh, recently canceled bad boy James Franco, like written and directed by him called Zeroville. The tagline is "Love Cinema and Punk Rock." Ooh, Megan uh, Fox is in it? What the fuck is this? Oh, it's based on a book. Okay. With two tattoos of Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor on his shaved head, Vicar rides a bus into Hollywood and soon makes an impression on a beautiful actress. Ay, ay, ay. Who cares? <laughs> a- anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> this... It, it, I, I'm just... I'm fascinated by... Th- there's a couple that we've... Oh, whoa. There's a Wesley Snipes movie in here. Okay, I got I got to pull out. Um, the the this this is a world uh, uh, of movies that um, some of them like. Uh, what's the one that I got really mad about the other day? Uh, oh, score to settle. Score to settle. Like that truly felt like a movie by no one for no one for no world that just shouldn't exist. But like the reality is that most of these movies are just for people who are indiscriminate, people who don't maybe have a sorry don't maybe have a streaming service um or anything that they and they go to redbox right. and just they're like and my theory i couldn't find any like info about this but like the the other production company behind running with the devil is redbox itself um and i think that cage has just been in so many movies like that by by this point that Redbox knows that he is, I don't want to say like gold, but it's just, it's a sure thing. They know that they can stick him into a movie and it's going to make probably a certain amount of numbers. And so yeah. like, it's just, it, it's, it's But just because a, their margins are so low, with right. their type of business model that they, that they can do that, you know? And, and so it costs them a couple million and then, you know, they make it back 
and then yeah. a little bit more, and then and then and, you know, grandma's going to Redbox and like renting score to settle. I guess yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, or uh, yeah, like you 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 uh, like your divorced dad has you for the night, and right. uh, you go to get a movie, and <laughs> and he gets vengeance, a love story. It's a it's a good, it's a good feel good family <laughs> film. Just kidding. It's not anyone listening just, to this. Don't play that for any family God, member of yours. Sounds ever. like an awful time. Um, so and I, so I'm fascinated, and this is honestly this is part of why I think we both wanted to do this podcast. Is that like I, I'm fascinated by the idea that some of these movies that this is kind of the new like indie scene to a degree that you know because these companies have such low margins and direct to video and streaming stuff that there's going to be stuff. That like there's no reason why these movies should be bad. Like you can make a good movie on a budget. It it it's happened. It happens all the time. And it's not even about making a movie that's great or does anything new or is like trying to say something you haven't heard before. Just make a competent like pot boiler, like low budget Mm -hmm. thriller movie, and just make it watchable. You can do that. It's not that hard, and it doesn't cost that much money. Yeah, it, exactly. Like, it, yeah, if you're not worried about being like, if the whole business model is just ripping off more successful movies, it shouldn't be that hard, right? I mean, you and I have never made a movie, so you know, I I know there's so many factors that so many things that have to go right or wrong, but like, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, there the like the bar is already you know we're making a c minus movie and that's fine like so i guess that leads me to actually talking about this movie which i would say this is a solid c minus like i know we've just been shitting on it but like i mean to damn this with faint praise by saying that this movie is um incredibly competent for most of the time like that's that's my official review (laughs) i mean really its biggest sin isn't that it's like the it's isn't that it's like an awful movie or like Mm -mm. one of the worst movies i've ever seen although we have gotten a handful of those in the recent past but no i think this movie's biggest sin is just phoning it in like it seems like for most of it it's just like everyone is just kind of hitting their marks Except Lawrence Fishburne. Except Lawrence Fishburne. And yeah, he we'll, really we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, but and 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 that also puts Cage in an interesting position in this movie that he hasn't been in in many of these later career films, where he is playing second fiddle to to another star. I mean, I, they probably have about equal screen time, but yeah. but Lor- but what Lawrence Fishburne does and what he's given with his character makes it makes him seem like the star of the movie even when he's on screen with cage yeah yeah i mean lawrence fishburne is the only person here everybody else seems like all right well well, you know what here here's what i want to talk about so this movie is uh it's a, a movie about uh it's essentially traffic it's just like traffic but made without any style um <laughs> yeah. or uh without any humanity <laughs> right it's <clears throat> it's like you bought traffic on wish <laughs> okay. it's like, like uh it, it's like traffic at home right yeah exactly yeah, yeah we have tra- we have traffic at home <clears throat> and 
like uh so and it's made by this director writer director named jason cabell um this is his first feature-length movie oh he co-directed one called i think like smoke in your lungs or something like that Mm -hmm. i didn't bother to write it down um but um he can you hear the fireworks in my neighborhood oh is that fireworks yeah i was wondering what that was uh, let's pretend it's a uh, gangs having a cartel shootout. Uh, okay, uh, that that'll be very in theme with the movie. <laughs> yes, um, but the no. So he, he uh, before he made that movie, this um, he was a Navy SEAL. I, I read some interviews with people around. So I was trying to find anything about this movie. Like Cage <laughs> didn't do any interviews. No, or I, anything. I tried no looking some stuff press, up too. Nothing. And I was like, there's nothing here. Uh, I guess I'm going, yeah. The first uh, and, and most positive piece of press I found about it was by military.com. <laughs> the U.S. military was like, it, it very excited that uh an ex-navy seal was uh making a movie ab- about um the war on drugs and um which uh you know okay um i mean the 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 weird thing about this movie is that it 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 is in theory it sets itself up like an anti anti-drug movie well it's not anti-drug movie so much as it's more of like a anti organized or I'm, I'm trying to it's it's like i i think it's taking more pot shots at the actual like black market of drug dealing than it is than like drug yeah. use itself sure yeah but it, it seems like it's trying to like do this weird thing where it's like drugs are bad look at all these bad evil people that are involved in every single step of every process of this and also though still trying to make them cool like hey look at all like like look at these cool people doing cool drugs you know what yeah, i mean i don't like i don't know if it knows it, what like, it kind of makes so, it look fun you well, know sure i mean Lawrence fishburne's character is having a blast his his life is kind of a mess but he is i in most of the scenes <laughs> he's having a pretty good time uh, so jason cabell's whole thing the uh what did he say he wanted to tell the story of quote the grind of drug smuggling like he didn't want to make a story about el chapo or um something he didn't want to make tony montana he wanted to to show a a movie about the grind and um he did some of that i mean some of that comes through but i think that's where the thought process stops like uh, you know to what end yeah like right. do i don't think there's really like a moral point of view to this movie and not i mean i want to wait to talk about the ending but it's like i i was i think one of the big vacant spots in this movie is just like well why why are yeah. we telling this story yeah. like because you could any anything about the grind like you could do in a documentary much better and um but he seems to be sort of like well okay because he was stationed in Colombia working for the dea like he's so he's seen this stuff up front so uh, it's accurate so ish it's but accurate ish but like but yeah but to what end it's like what is it yeah, yeah what is it saying yeah and like why are we seeing this one coke cocaine farmer like right. spend time with his kids you know what I mean, right. and like, and like, it's just like that when 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 he shows all the random little guys in the in yeah. the chain or like the truck driver. You know what right. I mean. You're just like, 
it does that like Tarantino thing where they come on screen and then it like freeze frames oh, and God. then and then in text it looks like it's iMovie uh, <laughs> default. Uh, it, it comes up in the bottom and then it says, you know, uh, like for example, Cage's The Cook, you know, it comes up right. on, the, on the screen and then there's the DEA agent. She's like checking out a crime scene and it dramatically freeze frames on her looking it's agent in charge. Yeah. And then the text agent in charge. So it's like introducing all those people in the chain, but then you don't, it's telling you literally with text on the screen who they are, but then there's no characterization. They're not real people. They're just right. Flat it doesn't even time. give them names. It, yeah. It's it's telling you their job title and that's it. And I Which think is fine. Like if, for example, if you got well, if you're someone guy like Richie, yeah, if you're guy Richie or if you, got you someone have like, style, then <laughs> yeah. you can, I mean, not to hold guy Richie up as some like great filmmaker, but he can do that. He can say, Oh, we introduced like an interesting character who we just know their title. And like, I mean, Guy Ritchie made a whole, like, Lock, Stock, Snatch. Like, all those movies are essentially, you know, the better version of this kind of thing. But all of those characters are, A, extremely charismatic, so you want to keep watching them. And, B, they're also, even if you don't know a lot about them personally, they feel like real people. Yeah. You know? And they feel like they might have a name. Like, I don't think he even thought of, like... He maybe this he thought this was a style choice. He must have to just be like the wife, <laughs> the man, the farmer. <laughs> but like, it just leaves it feeling so empty. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, and also kind of lazy because we pick up who yeah. they are pretty soon after well, yeah. each of them is in, like definitely within that same scene. By the end, we have figured out who they are. So it seems almost lazy to even put the text. Because, you know, we're... Yes. I mean, we're seeing a man farm, and then yeah. it's like, the farmer. Right. Like, or, or, or we see Cage doing a Breaking Bad thing where he's, like, <laughs> got, like, scientist glasses on and, like, a white uh-huh. coat, and he's, like, balancing chemicals, and then it's, like, the cook. And it's, like, right. yeah, we... you That makes sense. Duh. I figured sure. that out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unnecessary. But I think that speaks to... Okay, so both the, like... All right, so there's not a lot of humanity to this. Really what he's focused on is the the apparatus, the the big the like he's taking a bird's eye view of the whole the you know most of what the story such as it is uh is is uh there we we follow cocaine from the guy in Colombia farming it to all the way up to uh, Vancouver, Canada, where, and um, along the way, I mean, this is interesting, I guess, is that like you see the price rise. He'll also stop. He'll be like price per kilo, 1600 price per kilo, you know, 14,000. Right. And like every time it gets loaded on a truck or on a boat or someone else, like it it, it rises. Yeah. Then the price gets raised. Yeah. But uh, again, like if this was a documentary, like it just gives me the, the, so I, I mean, my sense is that Jason Cabell is like a very efficient, but humorless, tasteless, sort of styleless, you know, he's a Navy seal. He's a military guy. And he's just like all the interviews I read with people, about working with him where they were just like, he's such a pro, like he really like makes sure that everything, you know, and this is the same thing that I've read about a lot of these 
directors, these first time directors or whomever that Cage is working with, it's it's never oh, it was a totally crazy shoot. It was such a shit show. Like, it's always like, wow, this guy was so organized, you know? Like, every day he showed up, and, yeah, Crafty was there on time, and, you know, I was there with the lights, and he told me where to put them, and he just had... Imagine organizing a crew of 250 people. Like, it helps that Jason Cabell is a military man because he made it happen. And, and like, I think you can have a kind of, like this this view when you're in the industry maybe of like that that's you know just efficiently you you and I both have a lot of friends who work um in the you know technical side of of movies and and doing stuff and i you know a lot of that is you're just jumping from job to job and um you do appreciate when like yeah the trains are running on time yeah there's no so I, the interview i read was uh also interviewed Lawrence Fishburne among everyone else and Lawrence Fishburne was stoked he was like this is the most fun i've had in years like working with this guy like it was so great but yeah all of his praise was just like <laughs> actually the <laughs> the one thing he said is he was like um, this movie, like, I appreciated the simplicity. Like, you know, <laughs> a, it's just a nice, like, simple role, and it was fun to do, which, again, feels like damning with faint praise. It's right. like, uh, yeah, okay. it kind of does, really. You're like, all right. I yeah, he, <laughs> I mean, it was, his role was simple. Um, and, uh, but, like, that's the whole thing, is, like, this movie has what like 20 characters that are given equal screen time and equal seeming importance and yet what do we know about any of them i mean if cage is the main character what do we know about him except that he's a cook and he has a wife what do we know about Lawrence fishburne except that he likes drugs and he's kind of a fuck up and uh, i mean he's the most character of any of them actually yeah um he's and uh he reminded me almost of someone out of like a paul schrader film yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was like it was that level of of uh <laughs> just I mean, if there's any like if you're going to watch anything from this movie, the scenes with Lawrence Fishburne are are the scenes to watch. That's actually I I would not recommend anyone see the movie as a whole, but I would no. recommend everyone <laughs> try to find I don't even know if it's on YouTube. I didn't try to look for yeah. it. This movie seems pretty like forgotten and and like uh low key. Sure. But if Just you can like, find any scenes of Lawrence Fishburne from this movie, they're you should all probably fun. watch them. They're all really fun. <laughs> I, I mean, there, there's a whole, there's several scenes with Lawrence Fishburne and Adam Goldberg who plays the snitch. Um, but there, there's like the first scene where they get together feels like it's from a completely different movie. It's like a, it's like a comedy of errors. It, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> and um, I like when he has to get money to uh, pay. Um, give uh, he has to give adam goldberg money to uh get rid of the dead sex workers who he dosed with his uh cocaine that he cut with heroin and fentanyl to <laughs> he's like it's like i'm making a new product yeah, it's, it's gonna like, hit, hit the street sounds like, like you're doing that just sounds like the most monster speedball like in existence that's insane yeah <laughs> And I I can't even fault the movie for I mean I I believe that his character would be like oh I just made a I, yeah, I right. made something new <laughs> this is great uh, but uh, I like I invented he's like, a I, drug by combining all of the other <laughs> drugs <laughs> yeah um, he's like I gotta get money out uh, close your eyes and Adam Goldberg's like I know where you keep it I don't he's like close your eyes while I talk to peaches. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he has like this what it's like a velvet painting or something of like a a naked model who he like uh goes behind to get his safe or whatever it's but, funny too because if you notice in the shot where he opens it you can very very clearly see the hinges like on the side of the painting mm. so anyone looking at that wall wondering which one of these has the secret safe behind it it's yeah. probably the fucking frame I, with the obvious hinges on the side uh, yeah i just even though i again i fully believe though that if i can believe that that's a character thing i'm just like this right. guy's such a fuck up but all right I, I i got off track uh talking about the one enjoyable thing about this movie oh wait i'm, I'm sorry real quick can i just mention while we're on lawrence fishburne the first time you see him when he's in the when he's in the like the like sex show booth, you know where he's like where, <laughs> yeah. where, where the two women are on the bed on on the other yeah. side and he's like and his uh, his window starts to close yeah and he gets up and he's like no 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 and then he pumps another quarter in and you just see him like press one hand at his forehead against the glass and yeah. then with his other hand like just below frame you could see him like furiously masturbating off as, as hard the as he can. cuts away <laughs> yeah that's our introduction to him shades of uh the what was the movie called where cage uh was had the perv hotel where he was <laughs> looking glass looking glass <laughs> I also uh, want to point out that um, that uh, porno theater that he's going into used to be right by my house. That's the Tiki really? Theater in uh, uh, East Hollywood where Fred Willard was arrested. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Historic. Wait, that's got to be close. That's got to be close to where I am then too now, right? Was yeah, it, was, was I think it's, it's on like Santa Monica, I think. Yeah. Shit, dude. Next time, yeah. I, next time I drive down there, I got to... Um, I, I doubt that the interior look was sure. shot there, no, but the exterior, not. but that's, that's funny. Was, I, I should have picked up on uh, that. It just looked like some <laughs> sketchy, like there's like, they're like all over the place in Hollywood, those kind of yeah. fucking theaters. So I, I yeah, didn't but, even notice, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, Oh, sorry. Something, something no. else really funny that, that Lawrence Fishburne has to say. I think this is probably my favorite line in the movie. Maybe my favorite line of like, any of these cage movies that I've seen, like like anyone says ever, I mm-hmm. cracked up so loud when when the when the um when the when they OD in the bedroom and he's trying to get Adam Goldberg to like to like put him in the car, right? And, and then Adam Goldberg's like arguing with him and he goes like and he's like, look, man, I can't drive him. I'm totally bazooted and I have to go to my kid's <laughs> piano recital. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that we did get the scene of him going to the piano recital too. <laughs> she shows up, he does the bump in the car right before he gets out and then and then he's uh, late and he missed it anyway. It, but it's just like, I mean, it should it should be like a you know, tragic or something, but every scene because Lawrence Fishburne is clearly having such a blast like I, I just want the movie where that guy just wanders stumbles around and yeah. fucks his life up like. I, just, I, I want a whole Boogie Nights type movie with just Lawrence <laughs> yeah, Fishburne's yeah. character like high as hell for like yeah. 90 minutes partying with crazy people <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's it's sad but at least he is having the time of his short life <gasps> I mean, we've essentially covered the plot. By <laughs> yeah, that's like it, literally it's, it's it. Two, it. It's two hours, but it, it's literally like it sort of follows Cage as the cook. Like you know, some some somewhere along the the line, 
um, the drugs are being cut with something else and it's fucking shit up. There, there's shorts and we know, like, <laughs> if this was a better movie, then um, there would be some suspense about that. But we know right off the bat it's Lawrence Fishburne. We see him doing it. Because he tells us that he invented he tells us. the new drug. Yeah, he's a new drug. Yeah. <laughs> and it keeps killing people. And he's like, oh, I haven't got the formula Yeah, right. that's right. It's crazy. <laughs> the sex worker ODs and then he's like, oh, this one's this one's dead, but this one's still breathing. So that yeah, means like, I just, just gotta a, get the just cut a little. Right. Less. <laughs> I'm like, yo, how many times have you done this? Uh, yeah. As like experiments on, on the yeah. cut of your drugs. It's like so it's unhinged. And Very yet, fucked. And yet, it's it's fun to watch. He's yeah, like it's the so most fun, fun to watch. watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally bazooted. But so, yeah. So we're following Cage as he goes from the start of the production line to the end. And I feel like the Jason Cabell is just being like, you know, uh, in my all my time of covering the drug trade, like people don't know, people people don't know all the ins and outs. So, um, I finally a movie that shows you all the ins and outs. And yes, first of all, that movie exists. It's called Traffic, and there are several. There's like American Made and some other ones that I haven't seen, but I just assume are better than this. But like Traffic is like he. He's trying to do Soderbergh. Like, Soderbergh can make a movie with a million characters who you don't get into their interior lives and who they are as people, but it's put together so stylishly, and there's a uh, a moral sense just by what is shown and how it's edited and put together that a narrative comes through that is gripping and tells us something. And um, But I feel like Jason Cabell is so, you know, navy seal like military brain that he's just like well i will show you the start of the production line all the way to the end and along the way i will introduce these people their names are not important this is the man who cooks this is the man who farms etc and i will tell you at the price rises as we go from here to here you see it's almost like somebody like lecturing you like at a scared straight thing it (laughs) is it's like a dare powerpoint right and it's really weird because he has except Except the 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 person presenting the dare PowerPoint isn't, isn't even against you doing drugs. He's just explaining to you where your drugs come from. <laughs> yeah, and he also kind of maybe wants to be Martin Scorsese or something. And, and who famously he, was bazooted making all of his best movies. So I don't really right. see, I, 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 like definitely showed to up me, to a piano recital bazooted <laughs> once or twice. I feel like Jason Cabell is telling us to get bazooted. I feel like we're getting the opposite message from this movie that he wants. I, I think Jason Cabell needed to do some drugs to make a better movie or at least like I I believe that the ins and outs of what he is showing us are real in insofar as like the there's not like an insider scoop that I like I, I didn't realize that the drugs traveled so many different legs of the journey via backpack just someone carrying it in a backpack like through That's the jungles of yeah. South America or like Central okay. America I'm like what the, I'm like really yeah. and that- I and I do yeah. You know, okay, so that explains why they're so expensive getting here. Right. Understood. But then but then there's another part where the federales pull over a truck. Yeah. Right? And then the, the guys in that? the truck shoot the federales and then they put their uniforms on. And right. then the truck with the drugs gets stopped by the f- by the fake like federales. Yeah. And or no, and, yeah, yeah, and then the the guys that kill the federales are acting like cops in order to pull this uh, the other 
like truck with the drugs over, but then yeah. but then they get shot when they realize that they're not real cops. And then Cage shoots the fake cops and then drives away. And then the whole time I was just thinking during that whole sequence, I was like, are is this is this a thing that happens in Mexico? Like, I don't know. I I have I haven't I've been to Rosarito and I've been to Mexico City, but I've I've flown there and I don't know like if in some of these really like backroads rural areas of Mexico are are do people just shoot cops and then take their uniforms and pretend like they're cops? Is that a well, I I think <laughs> I think <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I think there's a lot of cartel violence from what I understand and uh also corrupt uh police who yeah, are I mean, in well, on the, yeah, car- the, the and people the whole thing where to- they like pay off the 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 cops to let the bus through. That makes sense to me. I'm sure that happens in America more even yeah. than like that I'm not surprised yeah. by cops getting bribed. But 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 like the thing where the truck just rolls up and then shoots the cops and then puts right. their uniform on. I'm like, yeah, I, don't know. I get it. maybe that is maybe that happens in Mexico. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, it's stuff like that that could have used a little bit more space to uh, give us. I mean, because just by showing us that, first of all, I was and still am really confused about who was it. I, like. I was just like, okay, cop, yeah, these guys are killing the cops. Another, and then Cage shows up and shoots those guys. So the the product keeps moving. And so narratively, I'm just like, all right, so I guess none of that really mattered. Like that didn't, <laughs> I guess it just show again, it's the same thing. It's just like, here's a thing that happens. Yeah, right. That's the thing is the point of the sequence was just to show us that like, this isn't this crazy. This happens in Mexico. And right. Then, but by then- giving it such, such little, you know, that we're, that's stuffed in amongst all these other things that probably do happen. Like, and, and yet none of those things like rise above the level of a cliche because it's all just like, you know, that's stuff we've seen in other movies yeah. before. So yeah. whether it's based on reality or not, there's nothing here that it makes that mean anything. <laughs> to, it's just like, OK, just more shit happening. It's like it, he it, uses, which is a very military thing to do, but he uses the characters as basically just placeholders in order to tell the story of the yeah. process of yes, how exactly. the drugs get, you know so it's like the, it, who they are is irrelevant they just occupy these spots in the chain yeah but i i haven't seen traffic since it came out so but my my memory of it is that it does that and yet there's a larger thing of which is to say like first of all okay this is just part of like market capitalism this is just a it's just a black market like that is operating under you know the the same rules as any other marketplace it's just there the stakes are higher and and this and that and like the war on drugs is is creating this and uh, aiding and abetting it and profiting off it you know like it it points to all these things without necessarily making a, a moral uh or even a statement. political or a political you know, statement. It's, it's just no saying, here, this is what's happening. Yeah. But this movie doesn't have anything to, it doesn't challenge the war on drugs at all. It, it just seems to yeah. be like, here's how it works. It doesn't even challenge works. the individual bad choices that each person no. in the chain makes. It just shows them making the choice and then the product moves on. It's like, you know uh, what I mean? I, it's, it's just, yeah. it seems so weird that you would make this kind of movie where there would be no cool stylishness in the violence <laughs> yeah. or the drug yeah. use. And right. where there Very is no, 
where there's no characterization, like you're going to pack it with every like random Mexican guy on the <laughs> chain between, right. you know, there and here and and you don't and none of them matter. And then and then finally when it gets to the end, it turns into like a whole different kind of movie when it becomes like personal individual choices yes. about like what does yes. it mean to 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 like what does it mean to have friends when you're all <laughs> like criminals, you know what I mean? But then it doesn't That's even true. answer that question. It just ends it on like a weird, uh, you know, yeah. sub thriller kind of. Um, I'm trying to think uh. of like who that the like the last like 15 minutes of the movie reminded me of a specific kind of director, and I don't. You, now the stuff remember. with like Cage and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but but then it just ends, and you're like, okay, so like. All these people were like morally compromised, but then some of them were doing it for good reasons. But then well, don't forget, like, Cage, Cage was giving all that money to the uh, girls' soccer team in yeah, his town. <laughs> but, and, and again, we've seen this in Breaking Bad. Like uh-huh. this is a thing that's the thesis of Breaking Bad. When what do regular guys do when they're desperate and and they and they need money and is it okay because they're doing it for their family's sake or right. like you know or to or to you know put their kid through college or whatever and this movie yes. just poses it again and then just <laughs> ends well yeah it doesn't even it's it doesn't like, even ask the question it it can't even true. be bothered. it's just it's just like <laughs> it like presents the question without asking it here's a man who would be morally you know he's a family man and yet he is involved in the drug trade all right, we're done with him for now. Right. Uh, let's move on to the. It's just oh, who gives a shit? Yeah. But uh, I guess what gets uh, interesting, maybe, is um. You, okay, so we're getting we get most of our screen time with the uh, people involved in the trafficking of the drugs. We, um, Cage, Lawrence Fishburne. We get some a little time with Barry Pepper as the. Uh, <laughs> Big, yeah. the boss of the whole thing he was um, he was great he was my second yeah a, after lawrence he was my second favorite not enough pepper no i i wanted more, more pepper um and um i liked the truck driver uh the mexican truck driver who all, there's a lot of these do like also all the sex scene i mean lawrence fishburne seems to be i guess maybe like a sex addict or that's like almost all of his scenes he's either doing drugs coming down from doing drugs or like uh getting off like those are the the only things that he does (laughs) or like double crossing nick cage but like um but then also the the mexican truck driver uh like he shows uh, i i don't know i just liked that actor and i like his his whole like time uh with the sex worker and what in Tecate, i think like uh he's fucking around but also just you know meaningless it didn't didn't have anything narratively to contribute to the story but you know there's those guys there's the guy who drives the boat that carries that who was like almost like the sea captain from the simpsons (laughs) (laughs) you remember that scene yes that was so (laughs) weird i I was gonna say also he was like he's Uh, he's willem dafoe in the lighthouse Dude, that's exactly what i was gonna say as soon as he started talking i was like whoa because <laughs> some other dude who we don't know anything about and it doesn't matter gets on the boat with and he's like getting seasick and then he's like he's like ah we be having stewed pork and cabbage for dinner I, yeah, oh or God, something i can't stop thinking about him as the as the simpsons sea captain now it's too good <laughs> 
but, but again, like he's there and then he's gone. <laughs> Who cares? Um, and uh, I don't. God, he there's looks like, like that. Wait, what's what's the what's the fish sticks brand? Oh, you know, um, with, with the with with the guy yes. in, like the yellow the, slicker. He's the, got the, the big Morton's white beard. <laughs> he looks like the that Morton's guy. fisherman. Yeah, yeah fully. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And there's other scenes. There's like um, who goes into the club and gets like ripped off by that like oh that's young just, hustler. Yeah, that's just some other guy in between when the. See, I I don't he, know. Yeah, he's, it's, it he's, just he's, doesn't. He's, none he's of like it. a middleman that takes it before he hops over the border to sell it to Cage or something. But but yeah, again, and it's again, like, it doesn't. Yeah, it helps to think of it as uh, Jason Cavell just giving a presentation, being like, some of these guys they even go into sex clubs where they do sex and drugs, and some of them will turn on each other with a knife and take the drugs, and <laughs> but the drugs keep going. Next, they look, go to dude, you know, I, it's dangerous. I understand, but you got to know what you signed up for. If you're going to pull a brick like that out in a public restroom of a club, you kind of get what's coming to you, right? Like as soon as someone walks in <laughs> yeah. and sees you holding an entire like the dude ca- kilo the, no, the- and just standing there with it. <laughs> he came into a club in like the middle of the night. This like banging club with like a backpacker's backpack just stuffed with something, and he goes into the bathroom. It's just like, you what are you trying to? He, yeah, he takes out a big a brick, and he just he gets ripped off so you know so easily too. Yeah. Anyway, that happens means nothing. My point is like we could keep talking about all of these people, and and we can come back to them. But it's okay. We don't have to come back to them. <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, I, the one who I, I guess I would maybe want to come back to would be the farmer because there's something there, like it's one of the few something like sympathetic about. I mean, you just have a Colombian family who they are. I mean, they they're not given any more characterization than anybody else, but there's a sense of like you know we see that they're his his kids are trying to he's trying to get his kids money to go to school or to pay for their schooling and he has a nice pretty wife and they just do it together it's just like a little family business and stuff so like you know and that is something that you don't see in movies like this much which is like essentially um i mean it honestly it's more of a condemnation of most other movies about drug cartels that this is considered more characterization just that he it is just shown as like a regular dude who like is for the most yeah he's pretty sympathetic although he does murk a couple guys on his way but but i almost call bullshit on that portrayal i don't yeah. i've clearly have never been to colombia i've never tried to grow cocaine in colombia but uh-huh. you, you i don't it. think that most of the coke that we're getting in america is from like you know small town <laughs> Uh, farmers that are like in a family, family business, business to put their kids through school. I just don't think that that is the majority of them. Or if even I, that one exists anywhere in the world. There's a weird, it's weird to me that he chose that kind of characterization for that guy yeah. because I don't buy it that that's sure. like a real representative, like representative of like a real of, of of any real cocaine farmer. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I was, I actually went down a YouTube hole like, uh, a few months ago about how different drugs are made. And there is some footage of that, like uh, of cocaine farmers that does match pretty well with that, that they are just like dudes or they're like, yeah, we get the leaves and we bring them in here. Except like 
they like yeah we we chop up the leaves with like a uh, you know this thing and then we add like cement and gasoline and this thing <laughs> like it the most fucked up if it, any like don't watch this movie but watch like videos of how coke is made cuz it's actually fascinating and like terrifying but they're they're like does it make you want to do coke more or less than much before. less much i mean less. i already don't it's not my drug but i it, it's it's crazy dude it's like it, it's such a gross mixture of stuff it's like if you were a kid you know when you would like uh did you ever do this game when you were a kid with like your friend and you would like make potions or whatever oh yeah like, you just go pour into the f- everything into the cup yeah yeah right. it's like if you did that but you went into the garage you're like paint thinner uh cement <laughs> uh gasoline anyway it's come it grows in places where um through uh for a lot of reasons uh many of them uh i would say the us is to blame for but there there there's no other there's no other agriculture um there there's nothing that these guys can do they can't grow crops to sell somewhere else because they're so remote that the food won't get to where it needs to go oh, before it spoils yeah. so like it's that's kind of like the thing that you can do and uh but you're remote enough that you can do it and not get caught and also everybody's taking a cut and whatever this is my like rudimentary understanding of it but in the videos that i watched like these guys are like making this stuff and they're like this is crazy and fucked up but also like you know this is my job and i'm making it and, and it's very just like matter of fact in business and i like that he jason cabell went the extra step of like you have the guy pouring like whatever paint thinner or whatever over it and like wafting it up to his nose he's like right. mm, needs a little more like him and his wife just like like they're like cooking and together like <laughs> st- stirring the big vats like eat pray love yeah yeah or just like like uh you know and then yeah they're two little girls gonna i don't know i i'm with you it doesn't it it's it's a little um it feels overly sentimental for, for yes for what most uh, coke farming probably is is all I'm saying. You know, and you could be sentimental about it if that's the choice that you want to make. But again, this movie doesn't really have a, a point of view, <laughs> and so like the fact whenever it does do something like that, it sort of tips the hand a little bit of just the basic kind of stereotypes that it wants us to see right. these people as the innocent but sort of backwards and poor farmers who are just like, you know, uh, we got to do this. And then the uh, people like Cage, who uh, clearly the movie kind of respects because he's a pro. I mean, he's uh, he, he treats it with, I would say, a military uh, exactitude. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so there's no real like his character has no moral flaws in the, in the world of the movie. Like it doesn't seem to pass judgment on him, even as he's killing people and and bringing these drugs up. Like there's no, not in a complex, like, Oh, is he good guy or bad guy? It seems more just, it's like, look at this competent man. And then Lawrence Fishburne, who I think it's supposed to be, I mean, it also like the only like main person of color outside of the farmer in the movie is like just a party boy fuck up sex addict who's like you know there's something there too although jason cabell is a mixed race too so i i I don't want to put some narrative on it that isn't there but it's just there's something to he's he's the guy who's fucking up the whole man the operation could be so everything could be running smoothly but this guy just has to be fucking her and like 
all of this to say that the character who I really don't understand that I, I, that seems to point to some sort of moral point of view, maybe, but I, I, I'm confused by is, uh, Leslie Bibbs character, the, uh, agent, because that whole storyline, I just her, could her storyline's insane. I wouldn't miss it if it was well, out of the movie entirely. Sure. I mean, it, it adds, I mean, it, it feels again, like it's part of a different movie, but like, you know, we're introduced to her because what her niece or something like her, her sister, I think ODs on, on the fentanyl code. Right. Right. She, her sister and, and, and her sister's boyfriend, husband, I don't know the, the guy she's right. with, they OD and then their niece or their daughter's left. And then she is, the daughter is the niece of the, of this DEA of agent. The agent. And, and that's very like cliche, like, right. you know, so then um, she has a vested, she has a she personal, has a, right. We've got to get this stuff off the street. Right. And then there's a whole thing where she like, where she basically jigsaws the guy, right? Where yeah. she like, where, so where she like what's... locks him up in the warehouse chained to the. <laughs> right. Yeah. So she, she gets, so Adam Goldberg fucks up in the most monumental way that somebody involved in this kind of thing could fuck up. Which is that he he's like parked across the street from a, a like marked cop car, I believe. Maybe oh, not. Yeah, marked, no, there was nothing he, undercover about that car. No, <laughs> he's he's there with two dead sex workers in the driver's seat, and he does a bump in front <laughs> and it's just like like that I call bullshit on. Like even <laughs> No one does is, that. How even the stupidest how, most fucked up individual will never do guys, that. I'm th- the drugs he's doing is going to make him more paranoid, first of all. <laughs> and he's not, he's not doing that. He does a bump, and they get out of the car, and immediately he, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he doesn't even take off in the car, which is w- what I would have believed. Like, uh, anyway, he, he gets pulled into jail, and he, she, then it becomes like zero dark 30. <laughs> like, she, <laughs> she's like, she pressures the other she cop like to interrogates him. She pressures the other cop to let him go. She's like, "We're gonna let him go," and then she's like, "Get into the car." Yeah, <laughs> like she's said, like, like basically, she he's like, "I want him. a lawyer," and then she's like, "Okay, you're free to go." And then when he gets out of the station, she basically kidnaps him. She's like, "Come with me," yeah. and then she chains him up in a warehouse and tortures him, like, yeah, like fucking jigsaw, until he he gives up the the shit, and then it does it, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then that doesn't even go right. Not because it's like, oh man, even the best laid plans, but just like she, the way she was going to track this and bust this cartel is like, she put this guy back in there with like a tracking device on his phone. Like the whole plan is fucking stupid. But also he's just some, he's just a drug addict. They don't know that he has any connection to Lawrence Fishburne or that Lawrence Fishburne has any connection to Cage or that Cage has any connection to importing these drugs or that he's in any kind of direct line from any kind of drug smuggling. To them, he's just a guy that get that he's he's just an addict. So it's it's like no no one in their right mind would torture this guy for information thinking that he has any at all to give them. It's crazy. Like, why would you do that? He's just he's just a fuck up. Like, he doesn't know anything. Well, he does, but they don't know that he does. Uh, okay, so right. it's like so, so we understand now. So so suddenly we have a character who's making a sociopathic move 
And she pivots a, from now I have to raise my niece because her parents yeah. are dead. Yeah, we got to get these drugs like, off the street. Yeah, immediately to like, let me torture this one random drug dealer that we arrested on the street. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- but there's no there's no moral anything to it. So it's just we, we just have to take that at face value and just and and I think I don't know what. And so that just sits there as a weird thing. And the rest of the story moves on because there's 20 other characters that it needs to pay attention to. And this whole drama goes down with Cage and Lawrence Fishburne um, getting to Barry Pepper and getting the drugs up to him. And they do. And and shit goes down that we could talk about. But like the movie ends with Cage seemingly, you know, he's back at his job in the pizza kitchen or whatever. And uh listening to opera as cages want to do in oh, many yeah. a movie. I made a huge <laughs> note about that. Yes. And Leslie Bibb shows up and she's like, she's, she's like, surprise fucker. I'm a cop. And he's like, okay, uh, well, you know, sit down. He's wait, you can't smoke in my kitchen. She's like, I'll do whatever I want. And she's like, you keep getting away with it. Like you, you, you bad guys on the street. You think you'll keep getting away with it or whatever. And he's like, what do you, you don't have anything on me. And she's like, oh, yeah. And she just shoots him. She just kills him. Yeah, I know. And the movie ends. <laughs> and so all we know about her, the one the, the one character who's like law enforcement who's given any like shade of characterization is that she's absolutely batshit nuts. Are we supposed to think that 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 her killing Cage was like justified? Like, is that is that justice? Is that. How are we supposed to feel about that? Because it's and, not even going to stop the drugs. That's the thing. So that's why right. this movie almost – this movie's almost anti-war on drugs. Except – but again, like – and I'm asking like what are we supposed to? Not because I can't form my own opinion about a, you know, a, a right. movie, but just because like what what is Jason Cabell even – what is he thinking? Does he, are, are, Is she a hero? <laughs> Is it supposed to be like a moral quandary? Because it just—it's just fucking weird. She she seems more monstrous than Nick Cage, I would say. Yeah, I I would say she's more monstrous than most of the people. Most of the people in the chain, at least from the things we see them do on screen. And uh, you could you could make a legit movie about the war on drugs that makes a really good case that the DEA is as monstrous as the cartel and that it's two sides of the same yeah, coin. Yeah, in fact, I think that's pretty much every movie about drugs <laughs> ever made. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. But what that's all i have to say yeah, just so what, what weird, the fuck man. is this because someone who worked with the dea isn't going to intentionally make that movie not when he's getting interviewed on military.com what movie did he think he was making like that it's a good question i mean i mean this this is this is really dave that is the question that is the question that we have to ask every one of these first-time directors that's worked with cage what movie did you think you were making? What movie did you think this was going to be when you started it? <laughs> and would you still have started it if you knew what kind of movie it turned out to be? But m- more than asking that question into the void, I, I would like to talk about uh, how the Lawrence Fishburne dies. <laughs> Dude, can we please? It is the craziest. It's one of the craziest deaths that I've ever seen on screen. It is like... It is it is truly the okay so can I can I break it down? Yeah. 
Please. So the movie opens before we know anything about anybody. Before the title even <laughs> right. hits. Cold open. Someone has a bag over their head. And they're in their underwear chained to a toilet in some kind of grimy, like... Yeah. Actually, this scene also looked like a scene from Saw, now that I yes. think about it. Yes. Very anyway, much so. Um, and then and then someone comes in and then, like... He's, like, un- hosing him down yeah, with, like, yeah, a he, weird like, little, like... Yeah, he, like, sprays him with a... It, well, we don't know what it is now, but you right, find out in yeah, a minute that it's, right. it's uh, gasoline. And so, right. so, so yeah, so he comes in with like the the little thing that the exterminator uses to like spritz yeah. the roach poison. He comes in with exactly. one of those little things. He's like, <laughs> and he like squirts him with it, and then he <laughs> and then he unchains him from the toilet, and he like drags him out. Is he is Fishburne like kicking and screaming, or is he like pretty kind of yeah? He weight? seems like he's just been like beat up too much yeah. to do that. Anyway, I but regardless, they they so they they drag him out into again. This is another one of those things in in movies where. There's just a generic industrial space. Yes. Where yes. where there's a bunch of bad guys hanging out where they're yes, committing so crimes many in broad daylight and no one is around. <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're in like the like yard of just some it, some warehouse like yeah. What do you call the thing? The bundles? It's like a bunch of pallets. Yeah, it's just a bunch of pallets and wood piled in the middle. They lead him over, they chain him to this like pile of junk. And then they start pouring gasoline on all the pallets that are set up like in a circle around him. And then they set him on fire. <laughs> and the, the most glorious CGI fire this side it's of amazing. the world. It's amazing. Oh, wait, first, <laughs> wait, first before they do that, they chain him up. They pour gasoline on everything. Yeah, or they then, take his mask and off. And then they take his, and then they take his hood off. Well, th- this is the end because the cold open stops when they, yeah. when they start setting fire to the pallets. Then at the end of the movie... It picks up again, and you realize that Lawrence Fishburne was the guy that they tortured and was chained to the toilet. Yeah. So now at the end, Lawrence Fishburne is in the yard. He's chained up, and they set him on. They take the hood off, and then does Cage have like a snappy line, or do they just look at each yeah. other? No, he he says some shit because uh, because Lawrence Fishburne double crossed him before and let him fall off a cliff like uh, Macaulay Culkin and the Good Son, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, just, and he's he, like when they're they're backpacking the cocaine up to Barry Pepper and he's like he, he's like I'm gonna take my chances with the cartel and uh, lets uh, lets he thinks that he lets him die but surprise Cage is still alive and he's just like you know like you thought you got away with it but like I don't know. I, it I, it wasn't snappy enough for me to write it down. Right, yeah. And anyway, so so then he sets him on fire, and Lawrence Fishburne is burning alive with, as Dave mentioned a second ago, the most glorious CGI <laughs> it's, fire that I've so, ever it, seen. That in shit. Movie. It is that was iMovie quality. It, that like. shit was like After Effects demo <laughs> status. Yeah. It was it, so it, good. It looked like um. When yeah, when After Effects first got on the market, and you would see like teenagers like shooting fireballs at each other, like they're like Scorpion and Sub Zero or whatever. Like it was, uh, so good. And then as Lawrence Fishburne is is uh, engulfed in CGI flames, <laughs> this isn't funny. This is actually a horrific scene, but I'm laughing because of of how extreme it is. He's on fire. And Cage just pulls a gun out and then shoots, shoots him, him while he's still on fire. Is it an act of mercy? Is it just over the top? Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. So so funny. So that's how he kills him. He sets him on fire and then shoots him. God damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. And that's like the movie. Uh, yeah, that's let's, literally it. Let's uh, talk a couple little details that we noticed. I think the title comes from the cocaine gets a stamp of a devil like jogging. Oh, yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> the, the agents are trying to track down the specific cocaine. But yeah, the stamp is like the devil just like taking a jog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jogging with the devil. I noticed when... Uh, when Barry Pepper is eating dinner, where or wait, no, I don't think it's Barry Pepper. It's some other. Oh, it's some guy yeah, it's some other chain. drug. Yeah, guy. he's he's some drug lord in the chain. Right in Mexico. Of, yeah, I think they're still in Mexico, and one of the one of the guys with the backpack that like treks it over on the mountains on foot shows up yeah. at his estate. And he brings it in, and then the uh, the drug lord's like, oh yeah, that's it the all. guy with with the dog, <laughs> and the guy's like hiding in in the teal in the tree because the the drug lord just has this dog like running around trying to kill him. Oh yeah, and he's right. Like, he's like <laughs> calls him a maricone. He's right. Like, he's like it's just a dog. Anyway, um, so then they weigh it, and then he finds out that he's short on one of the bricks, and then he makes a big deal. He's like, this has happened before, whatever, whatever. And then the guy's scared for his life. And then the drug lord's like, ah, just kidding. Let's go eat, you know. Yeah, have some like, pork. Yeah, pulls pulls the old move of, like, pretending like he's going to fuck him up right. and then and then turns around and invites him to dinner. But as I've seen this movie a hundred times before, yes. obviously he's just setting the guy up so that he can kill him at the dinner table. Double but, fake out. But after he, after he goes and uh, gets the knife and comes back and then he cuts the guy's throat with the knife and then he sits down... And he uses the same knife to cut his steak. And oh, I didn't notice bite. that. Did you notice that? He no. uses the same knife. He doesn't even wipe the blood off. Damn. He cuts his neck, and then he goes and sits down and just uses it to cut the steak. It's These pretty guys crazy. are cold. Yeah, man. Uh, and then another little little uh, cage business that I liked. Always my favorite when there's a business of cage alone on the yes. screen. When Always he's in good. Death Valley hunting the rabbits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's really fun. What did you think of Cage's performance in this movie? Honestly, it was like whatever to me. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. He, he he did a. Competent... He's been worse. Yeah, he's definitely done worse. Um, I mean, this it, he's he, he's had this kind of like a- affect before. Where yeah, I'm. It. I think the thing he was doing this time worked, and I've seen him do this before, and it hasn't worked. Where he's, I mean, clearly this character primarily is supposed in, to just inconceivable. I found was <laughs> yeah. was the same type of character. I think is yeah. This one. It it it's some. It's like the kind of performance where it, a lot of it is very internal and uh, a sort of just like you know um, he's just a type A character who. Uh, you know, this movie, the script isn't good enough to give any depth to that or him anything to work with. So I, I don't really blame Cage for, uh, I, I read some reviews where they said he was phoning it in and I'm, I was like, bro, I've seen him phone it in. He, he was, <laughs> he, he was acting here. It's just, there's just nothing to do. I mean, yeah. like if he was in the Lawrence Fishburne role, he would have been 
loving it. But um, I mean, I don't want to deprive the world of that Lawrence Fishburne no. performance, but I I think Cage really really could have sunk his teeth into that one. Oh, fully. I mean, yeah. yeah but uh, like, honestly, like just see, seeing Lawrence Fishburne tear it up like that was a lot of fun. So and we've seen Cage do that plenty of times. So like, it may it makes me want to see more people give Lawrence Fishburne like whacked out roles like that. Yeah. Like I he, didn't think he, that was in his wheelhouse. I just either. never seen him do it before, but he's and he especially was... something, something that's so trashy. Like, you know, I, I would think that he would be above this kind of like a movie of this stature period. Like, um, I mean, I, I'm sure he needs money. He probably hasn't been acting as much as he could be. You know, everybody's got to work, but like, you know, he's an A-lister, more so than Cage, I would say, um, at this point in his career, but um, maybe not. And, and like, <laughs> honestly, like, that's, it's fun. And that's, that's the big thing that's disappointing about this whole world of these direct-to-streaming or Redbox movies is it's, like, John Travolta, Al Pacino, wh- whomever, like, uh, slumming it in these roles, and yet it's so rare that, they turn in a performance that's any fun. Right. You know, and that's even more puzzling to me than what we were saying before of like, how, how can these movies be so formulaic and yet like boff the formula so much? That's how I feel about it too. It's like, um, if you're going to be, you know, playing, uh, a, um, Charles Bronson type, like then do it up, like turn it up to 10. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm just endlessly puzzled. Like if you're already slumming it in the movie, like then you don't, there's no saving face. Yeah, you might you, as well just like, you don't have to own class it. it up. Just sink to no, its level exactly. and have fun with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What else is there to say? God. Oh, this is terrible. This is very stupid, but I really wanted to uh, make some sort of pun on, like, cause I was writing, I was like, okay, the man, the cook, et cetera. And I was like, the cook, the thief, his wife and her lover. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> the cook, the man, the farmer, the boss and his the, wife and her the agent know? in charge. <laughs> yeah. The agent in charge. <laughs> but uh, that joke didn't get anywhere. Um, I, re- as a, uh, a- as a fan of nineties, like big beat pop electronica stuff, I was very excited that the song that they used to introduce Lawrence Fishburne, like uh, strutting into the club is battle flag by the low fidelity all-stars. Oh, is um, that, I was trying to think, I was like, is this a fat boy slim song? Like I was same, like, yeah. same time frame. Okay. Um, yeah. But one of my, uh, one of my favorite, like old school, like s- dummy bangers, like, um, and yet like, so funny that that's this because all that song communicates to me is like it's 1998 you know like that's so tied to a time and a place 98 y'all ready to party (laughs) yeah like um it's funny to see lawrence fishburne monica lewinsky y2k yeah (laughs) yeah yo have you heard this new moby album this shit's crazy man moby's a musical genius yeah yeah uh but um that uh i i got that cd used when i was in what like seventh or eighth grade and uh, i still put it on sometimes it's pretty fun whoa whoa 
the line that got repeated a lot in this movie and that I think the cop maybe says this, Leslie Bibb says this before she kills Nick Cage, I think she says, where does it stop? You know? Oh, and, yeah. uh, I and that, that, uh, that should be the tagline for this movie, but uh, that also the review. <laughs> God, <laughs> where, where does when it does it stop? When, when does it stop? <laughs> Honestly, this movie was an hour and forty, and it was like mm-hmm. it, it was like a solid twenty minutes too long. I was like, yeah, we 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 really could have done with like a, a a brisk eighty-five minutes here, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's just so boring for for no reason. There was also a point at the end. It happened uh, at some point after he threw Cage off the cliff, but before he found out Cage was alive. Somewhere in that final stretch of the movie, I started laughing, and I couldn't stop. <laughs> and I don't know what... I, there was nothing specific. like It wasn't like a line or anything specific that triggered me. I just was like overcome at that point <laughs> in the movie. Like I was, I, I, I was overcome with, with the all of the hours like the weight of all of the hours of these kind of movies that oh we put God, into it I and i i like cracked for a second and i was just <laughs> laughing for like 3 minutes and and then and then finally i was like is this the funniest movie i've ever seen <laughs> cuz it's the kind of thing it's what, what we've been talking about with these films where it seems like it's just everything in the kitchen sink and it's every trope and it's You've every seen it like, all before. snappy one-liners and there's like characters that are just one note and you've seen them in a million movies before and when they just throw all the stuff at you the entire thing becomes like a morass gray blob and yep. then yes. you really start to realize it's like if you shine a light in your eye and then you look away, and all you see is white, right? So it's like it's because yeah. you know it's it it's because your your pupils dilate so big that like that's all that they, they that they're taking in every color at once. And I feel like that is similar to like how I I how I've been experiencing these movies to the point where like I broke because I can't comprehend like I can't make sense of all of my senses spiking at once like that. It's like man. over, it's like overwhelming to me. And, uh, and this movie did it, man. I, I, I don't, and it's Dude. not even this movie specifically. It's just, it was it's during this one that it finally like hit. I, yeah. I, I don't know how else to explain it. No, I mean, I think that's a good note to end it on. I mean, that's sort of like, yeah, I think our, our brains are, are in the process of just boiling in this like yeah it, it's just become like the ratio of good movies to bad movies is uh, are is now so out of balance and that the bad movies are all so similar <laughs> that well, and like it's, and it's weird because my it's not even like i've i've been recalibrated to have to make you know to have to really think what is a good movie what is taste you know right. when when you get into this kind of stuff it's like you know what like what even makes a movie good and all these questions but uh-huh, i've uh-huh. moved even beyond that now i have to really ask myself when i start one of these not just what makes a good movie but what makes a movie a movie <laughs> you you know you know what's what what is a You're, movie <laughs> 
you're the teenage girl at the end of the color out of space. Yes. <laughs> Except instead of the universe, it's just film, Red box movies, movies, media. Yeah, it's just just. <laughs> uh, next time we are watching a movie called Kill Chain. Yes. Uh, looks very much like other movies that we've watched um except this one has the dad from veronica mars in it and nick cage plays a character named aranya Mm. (laughs) oh man i didn't mention the the line that cage spoke in spanish wow he really can't speak spanish yeah (laughs) yeah i forgot about that (laughs) we're so close I we're know so we're, we're we're like a what like ten move ten movies away or something from from catching up. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then um, there's a couple more that uh, are in production plus like the a TV show. Uh huh. Okay. We're we're very close. Yeah, let's, we've been doing let's... this since uh, 2016. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. That's a that's a whole presidency past. That that's like a pre, that's like a presidency and a half right there yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, it feels like it's like eight presidencies, but it's a whole other. <laughs> uh, what is time? What is yeah. film? What is a movie? What is time? What is a president? I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer any of these questions. No. Yeah. Maybe next time. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> till next time. We're coming up on some like actual like behind the scenes yeah, stuff, which is going to be that's fun. Awesome, right? And uh, and then yeah, the new Crudes movie, Prisoners of Ghostland, Willy's Wonderland, an untitled Nicolas Cage Amazon Studios project mm-hmm. where he plays. This is a TV series, and he plays a character named Lord Highfire. <laughs> Yo, is that like a superhero show or something? Maybe what? There's like no info about this. Dude, you know what's going to happen? He's going to start doing like all these streaming series and we're going to go from having to watch oh, like one like, 90 minute movie to having to watch like 10 episodes. Watch like episodes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, the Untitled Joe Exotic Project is on the horizon um, as well as The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent where he plays Nick Cage. Oh, yes, I've read about um, this. Yes, yeah. the, a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan is the drug kingpin and gets cast in a Tarantino movie. Okay. Who wrote this? What the fuck? That is a Tom Tom Gormican. Huh. Um, and, uh, and Pig, which uh, was filmed in Portland. Hmm. A truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig. (laughs) That sounds wholesome.